welcome to this episode of The Lives and Stars of Old Hollywood. Today I will cover Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck was an actress, model and dancer whose career spent six decades. She was especially known for a strong and realistic screen presence and her natural acting style. She's on the list of the most important screen legends of the American Film Institute. So, Ruby Catherine Stevens, as was her birth name, was born on July 16th in 1907 in Brooklyn, New York, to a working-class family, as the youngest of five children, with three older sisters and one older brother. When Ruby was only four years old, her mother died from complications of a miscarriage that has likely been caused by a fall from a streetcar when she was pushed by a drunken man. Unfortunately, only two weeks after her funeral, the father left for a digging job for the Panama Canal and never returned to his family. Subsequently, Ruby and her brother, Malcolm Byron, were raised by their oldest sister, Laura Mildred. But Mildred had to earn a living as well, and when she got a job as a showgirl, Ruby and Byron were placed with foster parents. Ruby didn't like it, though, and ran away often. When she was nine years old, she accompanied her sister on a tour and practiced her routines. She also was an avid fan of Pearl White, a famous actress of that time, and both these experiences instilled in Ruby the wish to become a performer. At the age of only 14, she dropped out of school and never attended high school. She never had received good grades anyway. First, she took on a package wrapping job at a department store and then a filing job at a Brooklyn telephone office. Then, she was a pattern cutter for Vogue magazine from which she was released due to customer complaints. And finally, she had a job as a typist for the Jerome H. Remick Music Company. Although these jobs provided some financial independence, Ruby's ambitions were still set on show business. From 1922 onwards, Ruby worked as a dancer and chorus girl, First, she auditioned for the Strand Roof, a nightclub over the Strand Theatre in Times Square. Then she got a job at the Siegfeld Follies for the 1922 and 1923 seasons at the New Amsterdam Theatre. And then she worked in the nightclubs of Texas Ginnon. Texas Ginnon also employed Ruby as a dance instructor at the Speakeasy for gays and lesbians. In 1926, Ruby was introduced to Broadway impresario Willard Mark, who wanted to bring his play The News on the stage. One of the characters was a chorus girl and Ruby fit the part perfectly, so Mac cast her. With Ruby's part getting more gravitas than originally intended, the play became a smashing hit and ran on Broadway for nine months and overall 197 performances. And it was at that very time that David Belasco suggested that Ruby change her name to Barbara Stanwyck. The name apparently was a combination the first name taken from the title character of the play, Barbara Fritchie, and the last name of the actress in the play, Jane Stanwyck. So this is when Barbara Stanwyck was born. <laughs> Stanwyck's first leading role on Broadway was the original play Burlesque in 1927. The play and Stanwyck were a great success. As Pat O'Brien would later put it, the greatest Broadway show I have ever seen was a play in the 1920s called Burlesque. Based on a stage success, Barbara was given a screen test by producer Bob Kane for the 1927 movie Broadway Nights. She lost out on a leading role because she couldn't cry on cue, but was given a minor part. And this was Stanwyck's first film appearance. In 1929, when Stanwyck was 22 years old, she starred in her first sound picture. 
and was subsequently cast by Frank Capra for his film Ladies of Leisure. This established a long-standing friendship between these two, as well as the start of a series of professional collaborations between them. Other quite successful movies followed, one of them being notorious pre-code movie Babyface in 1933. As Mark A. Vieira puts it, Babyface was certainly one of the top 10 films that caused the production code to be enforced. It's about a young girl that gets prostituted by her father from the early age of 14 onwards and would later use her sexuality to exploit men financially and get ahead in the world. Creatively, the pre-code era was apparently the best time for Barbara Stanwyck. Mick Lozell from the San Francisco Chronicle said about her work, If you've never seen Stanwyck in a pre-code film, you've never seen Stanwyck. Never in her career was she ever as hard-boiled as she was in the early 1930s. She had a wonderful quality of being both incredibly cool and yet placingly passionate. Her cynicism was profound, and then without warning, she would explode into shrieking, sobbing. Stella Dallas was another of Barbara Stanwyck's movie champs. In it, she plays a mother who would give up a teenage daughter to allow her to grow up in a better environment, to have a shot at a better life. She got an Academy Award nomination as Best Actress for this role. Her leading character in The Lady Eve, opposite Henry Fonda, was hailed as one of the best American comedy performances. And the movie is considered among the top 100 movies of all time. Ball of Fire in 1941, opposite Gary Cooper, is a funny twist on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and receives a stunning 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Howard Hawks-directed screwball comedy was deemed culturally, historically and aesthetically significant by the US Library of Congress and was selected for preservation in its National Film Registry. Quite another side of Stanwyck is shown in Double Indemnity, in which he plays the most notorious femme fatale in a film noir. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards and is also on the list of the top 100 movies of all time. Her movie Christmas in Connecticut has been a hit for Christmas time ever since its release. And many other notable films followed, for example The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, Sorry Wrong Number or The Other Love. In short, Barbara Stanwyck's success lasted for over 20 years. It was only in the mid-1950s, when she was in her 40s already, that her movie career declined and she turned to TV instead. She would star on several anthology series like Dick Powell's St. Grey Theatre, as well as guest star on several TV series like The Untouchables or Wagon Train. Her first starring role on TV was in The Big Valley and made her one of the most popular actresses on TV. She even won an Emmy for it. She won another Emmy for a role in The Thorn Birds. And she guest starred in Dynasty and was part of the main cast of the spin-off series The Colbys. But as she was not quite happy with the experience, she would leave after the first season. So that was Barbara Stanwyck's professional life what she did in the movies and what she did on TV. But now, what about her relationships? So, there were quite some men in her life. First was Rex Cherryman. When Barbara Stanwyck first starred on Broadway in the play The News, she fell in love with co-star Rex Cherryman. But things turned out quite differently than they imagined. Cherryman fell ill and was advised to travel to France via boat back then. Unfortunately, during the trip, he fell ill with septic poisoning and died shortly after arriving in France, where he had been scheduled to meet up with Stanwyck. The second man in her life was Frank Fay, aka husband number one. 
Barbara met Frank Fay during her time on Broadway in Burlesque, in which they both starred. At first, they apparently disliked each other, but became closer after Cherryman's death. They were married in August 1928 and moved to Hollywood soon after. As Stanwyck was unable to have children, which is probably due to a botched abortion in her teenage years, the couple adopted a 10-month-old boy in 1931, which they named Anthony Dyan and nicknamed Tony. The marriage got strained in Hollywood. While Stanwyck made the transition to movies successfully, Faye's career crumbled. Reportedly, he was also physically abusive towards Stanwyck during these years. The movie A Star is Born from 1937 is rumored to be based on their marriage. They divorced after seven years in 1935. Stanwyck won sole custody of his son and raised him with an authoritarian style. But as soon as he became of age, they would hardly ever speak to each other ever again. Richard Corliss, film critic and magazine editor for The Times, would write about the relationship the following. He resembled her in just one respect. Both were effectively orphans. Which is quite sad to read. So, after that marriage would come Robert Taylor, a.k.a. husband number two. Stanwyck met fellow actor Robert Taylor on the movie set of His Brother's Wife in 1936. As he was four years a junior and had only signed with MGM a mere two years before, Stanwyck showed him the ropes of Hollywood, guided his career and helped him find his way in Hollywood. They lived together for three years before marrying in 1939. Eleven years later, in 1950, they both decided to get a divorce and Barbara would file the papers. The reasons for divorce were manifold. Many believed that Taylor had an affair during the marriage, but it was also that Taylor wanted to create a life beyond Hollywood, away from the entertainment glitz. But Stanwyck wanted to stay. Nevertheless, the two stayed very close friends and Stanwyck would always claim that Taylor had been the love of her life. When he died in 1969, Stanwyck grieved and took an extended time off work. And then there were two little affairs that Stanwyck had. When Barbara Stanwyck was 45 years old, she had an affair with then 22-year-old actor Robert Wagner, the later husband of Natalie Wood. And Stanwyck also had a one-night stand with Farley Granger, about which he wrote in his autobiography. But there are not only romantic relationships important in life, right? So, there are also friendships, and Barbara Stanwyck was known to be very kind as a person, although on screen she would often depict strong and complex characters. She would know the whole crew of a movie set by name, as well as often the names of their wives and children. As longtime friend Frank Capra said about her, she was destined to be beloved by all directors, actors, crews and extras. In a Hollywood popularity contest, she would win first prize hands down. And she maintained close friendships with many of her co-stars, including Joel McCrea, George Brandt, Henry Fonda, James Stewart, Linda Evans, Jack Benny, Gary Cooper, Joan Crawford, Frank Capra and Fred McMurray. One very important friendship in her life was with William Holden. Stanwyck and Holden had been longtime friends. When they both presented the Best Sound Oscar in 1977, Holden would take a pause to thank Stanwyck for her support during the filming of Golden Boy in 1939. Back then, Holden was about to be fired, but Stanwyck stood up for him and essentially saved his career. When Stanwyck, on the other hand, received her honorary Oscar, when Holden had already died, she said about him, 
He always wished that I would yet ask her. And so, tonight, my golden boy, you got your wish. And she also had a very close relationship with her African-American maid, Harriet Corey. Stanwyck's civil courage and friendship was so immense that she refused to have Harriet stay in a hotel for only African-Americans, but insisted that she stayed with her in the best hotel during the shooting off to please a lady. And she managed to just do this. So this is what friendship is all about. Barbara Stanwyck's care for those around her that were less fortunate extended to charity work during her retirement years off-camera. She died in 1990 at the age of 82 from congestive heart failure. She had not wanted to have a funeral service, so her remains were cremated and her ashes scattered from a helicopter over land that she had used to film Western movies on. Well, that was one hell of a life, starting at the early age of 14, thrown into the adult world, earning her living and making a life. So I was very impressed by Barbara Stanwyck's stamina, her character and what she achieved in life and how great a person she apparently has been at the same time. So of course I got some lessons from learning about this great actress. First lesson, hardships sometimes propel you forward. They instill in you a desire and a drive to make it, to have a better life. Life is not easy, neither ever was it. Those social media posts and profiles that make you believe that it's all about the right it backs, the right styling and the right on-trend food to achieve happiness are plain wrong. It's not all sunshine, buttercups and butterflies. Life is hard, period. You get nothing for nothing, but you get to choose your heart. And if there's one thing that hardships have going for them, they force you to choose a path. They force you to take action. They force you to gain perspective. I mean, I never wish any bad on anyone. But at one point or another in life, life will be really hard. It really will suck. So embrace the hardships. See it as a part of your story. Make it your own and own it in every which way you can. And take action so it can have a positive impact on your life. Barbara Stanwyck was always independent from an early age onwards. She was forced to provide for herself without a warm family home. She persisted and yet was known as the nicest woman on set, liked by all. So you decide how your life will turn out, not your circumstances. And the second lesson is changing your name might have a positive impact on your life. So Barbara Stanwyck is by far not the only one in Hollywood who adopted another name for a stage career. Nevertheless, this is worth mentioning because a name is almost always an identity. And with it, you are free to create a version of yourself that has not yet existed. So you don't have to be as drastic as changing your name officially. But if you were able to create a future version of yourself, a version that has already achieved everything you want to achieve, what would the ideal name be for this very woman or for this person? Who could you call on to push you to make the right decision? Who is your alter ego? And I always think of Beyonce and her alter ego, Sasha Fierce. It's the same logic because that other name creates another identity and you are free to choose it and make her bolder, make her achieve things, make her that version that you always wanted to be. So what is your alter ego to help you make your dreams come true so that at the end of your life, you can look back and say, yeah, we did it. Thanks, babe. That inspired me. <laughs> and I hope it did the same for you. 
This was Barbara Stanwyck's life. I hope you learned one thing or the other about the great actress. And I wish you a very wonderful week and look forward to talking to you next time. Bye.